Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. All right. I mean, I'll just follow up from that. That was Taylor Rapp. Uh, I will have a video up on that actual video here at 5 o'clock. I will link the YouTube channel. Welcome back. I know it's been a little bit. I think April was the uh, last time I was here. I was uh, blessed with the presence of the voice of the Mariners, Rick Riz. I am back. Welcome back, as Taylor said, to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. It's good to have you back. Uh, We're here in July. I'm recording this on the 27th. The Mariners are currently down a run to the Astros. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I took a peek over there. But, yeah, I've got a a lot to bring back to you. I mean, obviously... Throughout this pandemic, sports have kind of been absent, but um, they're they're starting to come back. So I def- I have I got Seahawks, Mariners, Sounders, Storm, Kraken, and Huskies news for you. So there's certainly a lot to go over. This might be a long one, folks, but you know, uh, I think we're all kind of taking what we can get at this point. So sit down, uh, enjoy yourself, and uh, let's get back into it. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Shady's back. All right, starting off with our Seattle Seahawks, uh, obviously, you know, with what's going on, the fact that we're in a pandemic and we have been since March, uh, obviously, I want to touch first on the NFL's pandemic response. The NFL had since about March, February, you know, when the pandemic, uh, well, it wasn't a pandemic, then when the coronavirus was sort of, you know, taking shape, um, the NFL had time to say, okay, you know, our season just wrapped up. If this continues, if this grows, we have time to go ahead and try to, you know, see what the the scientists are saying, see what leaders are saying about it and get prepared. You know, months, you know, even in May, you had time to go ahead and say, you know what, this is getting big. Let's try and get something ready. The NBA got its bubble ready. The MLB, you know, it, it was it was working on things, at least uh, WNBA has its bubble uh, I mean, the MLS has its MLS's back tournament. You know, every other sport seems to be getting things ready. We should get something ready. And the league kind of has failed to do that up until recent weeks. Uh, prior to last week, it had done little to nothing. And so, you know, leading up to this, we're getting close to training camps. Some of the league's top players, you know, including Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Miles My- Garrett, you know, and others. Uh, just to name a few, use the hashtag we want to play, uh, you know, stating the frustrations that the players had with the little to no uh, guidelines that the league has set out. And it is, I mean, it's frustrating if you know that you're in a pandemic and you know, these people have families. Obviously, Russell uh, and Sierra just uh, welcomed their son Win into the world. Uh, you know, these people do go home to their families at some point, you know, and they're worried about their own health. So it's obviously a little startling when the league, the league that gets most the most revenue, oops, uh, in this country is just kind of sitting there, like a sitting duck and just not doing anything. Um, but as of uh, last week, the league and the NFLPA, NFL Players Association, did come to an agreement, and there will be training camp. Uh, haven't really gotten details on that. But prior to that, uh, J.J. Watt had a statement from some of the meetings that the players were having with the league saying that they wanted to play, 
they wanted to be as safe as possible. Obviously, daily daily testing. Pardon me. Uh, one of the facts that we do now know is that there will be daily testing, and uh, as things go on, and if there is positive, uh, positive like feedback, not positive tests. If there's positive feedback, where we're seeing not many people that are testing positive, the league will go to you know every other two days, etc. Uh, there will be no NFL preseason. They're completely shutting that out. You know, while I'm not a big fan of the preseason, it gives players who normally, you know, don't get drafted high or even go undrafted, you know, guys like Doug Baldwin, uh, someone who's a really big undrafted guy uh, in Seahawks history. It gives them an opportunity to go out there and show themselves, you know. Uh, So going forward, if the league, goes to eliminate the preseason in general, which I don't think will happen. I think they'll just decrease it to maybe two games. Um, that's a big impact. But right now, you know, that's something that will not happen. There will be not be a preseason for the 2020 season. Um, and when, if, ooh, shoot. Mariners just made an error. Sorry, I've got the game going on just because I'm recording this during it. Uh, NFL players that do test positive will go on IR for three weeks. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of the information that we've gotten from that. So, I mean, that's good and all, but it was a little frustrating to see the league had not done anything uh, going forward with that pandemic. But now, obviously, they do have their plan in place uh, with an agreement with the NFL Players Association. Going into next year, uh, taking a jump just because I, I do have, obviously, I've heard everyone's heard from now, about the news of a certain trade acquisition, but I will I will hold off on that for now. Contract extension. Oh, it will. Contract extension. You know, going into next year, you've got David Moore, KJ Wright set for, you know, free agency. But the guy who should be a priority should be Shaquille Griffin. I mean, you're starting corner. Um, and obviously he had a down year in his sophomore year, the year that we – lost to Dallas in the wild card round, you know, it's, he's, he's been your starting corner and your best corner easily. And he's young and he's just getting better. Obviously, like I said, the sophomore year was a down year, but he's young and he's getting better. So it should be an easy decision to give this guy an extension. He's only allowed a 57% completion percentage in 2019, which was down by 9.2% from the year before. I would say that the help of Quentin Dunbar would only positively impact Shaquille Griffin, you know, giving him more help uh, on the other uh, cornerback spot. But as of right now, Quentin Dunbar is on the exempt list by the commissioner, which means that he is not allowed to be around the team uh, at this time until he has taken off. That is the same with DeAndre Baker. Those two are obviously involved in that incident down in Florida. Um, you know, prior to that, that news just dropped today about the exempt list. Dunbar was cleared to come to training camp uh, and join the team. But as of now, due to the exempt list, he will not be joining the team. So obviously that's a blow, a guy that you try to acquire, uh, help add cornerback, help uh, help uh, improve the secondary. Uh, it did some bad decisions on his part, you know. So at the moment, we don't have Quentin Dunbar. And you look to a guy like Trey Flowers who, you know, Personally, to me, he's 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 young. Like I said with Shaquille, he's young and he's getting better. So, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
the end of the day, I would like to see Quentin Dunbar join the team, but I feel like Trey Flowers is only getting better. You got to remember that the guy's transferring from safety to cornerback with his size. So, I mean, I feel like he's still working on it, and I don't think he should be uh, – I don't feel like he should be just giving up on yet. <clears throat> Pardon me. Going into – I'll just I'll just go right into the Jamal Adam news since I, that's the big thing. Uh, Seahawks traded safety Bradley McDougald, 2000, uh, 2021 first round and a third round pick, as well as a 2022 first round pick for the Jets safety, as well as a 2022 fourth round pick from the Jets. So obviously this is big uh, and a lot of people had gripes with it, you know, giving up two first round picks. My feeling is, and as Pete Carroll has said in a press release today, uh, on Sia, Sirius XM NFL radio, you know, the team's been drafting in the low 20s and 30s for quite a long time. So that pick really doesn't give you too much of an opportunity to get a surefire talent. And I mean, if you look back at the Seahawks uh, draft history in the first round, it's, it's you know, barring some of the guys who were in uh, recent years, it's not fair to, you know, give them uh, a quick analysis just because they're still young. Uh, it's to get a guy who's a top safety in the league, if not the best safety in the league, to get him, to acquire him. It's in, in the midst of a championship window when you've got Russell Wilson. It's It should be a no-brainer in all reality. The guy didn't want to be in New York because they didn't want to give him an extension. And it has been said uh, that Adams will play out his year. Uh, it, it, it should be a no-brainer. I mean, I've had... A lot of the comments that I've seen from the general public are that, you know, oh, this doesn't help the the offense, the wide receivers, the O-line. I just want to take a, take a quick stance on that. We don't need wide receiver help. We do not need wide receiver help. Got DK Metcalf, who's a rookie. He's a big receiver. He's fast. And now he just had his first year. I mean, he's he's got more to improve on. Tyler Lockett, who has shown himself to be one of the best receivers in the league, uh, you know, can catch the ball on the sidelines, in the middle of the field, down the field, you know, short. I mean, there's not a lot that he can't do. Uh, Philip Dorsett was brought in from the Patriots. He's a guy that can stretch the field really fast, uh, good speed. You know, he said he exclusively wanted to come to Seattle because of the fact that Russell can throw the deep ball. So, I mean, you know. Uh, as well as David Moore, obviously, on his last contract, uh, last year of his contract, pardon me, as well as the team is looking to add Josh Gordon, Josh, Josh Gordon back to the team uh, in the ne- next few weeks, barring decision on his appeal uh, to being reinstated back into the league. I mean, if you've got DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, and Josh Gordon, I think you're fine at wide receiver, personally. And then, pardon me, everyone's always had issues with the O-line. I understand it, but... I mean, we did bring in a bunch of guys, uh, pardon me, to be a part of this line. You know, should be from left tackle, left tackle Dwayne Brown, left guard, uh, pardon me, or shoot, yeah, you potty's going to be in there uh, fighting for that spot. Center's probably BJ Finney, the guy that we acquired from Pittsburgh free of free agency. Right guard Damian Lewis, obviously, if you let go, of guys uh, to set up a rookie. You probably have big plans for that rookie in Damian Lewis. And right tackle is probably going to be Brandon Shell, who we acquired free of free agency versus uh, 
pardon me, for uh, from the Jets. Actually, interesting to mention that. Um, I, I, O-line, I mean, you got to give it time. You can't just quit on these guys already. They're new guys that are brought in, and it's not like a trade target was available uh, for an O-lineman. Fact of the matter is, Jamal Adams was on the trade market. You don't see a guy, you know, like Mitchell Schwartz, right tackle for the Chiefs, on the trade market. There aren't. It's it's kind of dumb, quite honestly, for people to go and get upset about these things when wide receivers or tackles, offensive linemen were not on the market. Jamal Jamal Adams was on the market. So let's get that. Let's get that straight. Uh, you know, like I said, it's one of the best safeties in the league, one of the best players in the league defensively. Uh, you know, if you could get a guy like Jamal Adams, I feel like you have to go and do it. So, like I said, receivers, I don't think you need more offensive help. And if you want to complain about targets, I've already mentioned the receivers. At tight end, you've got Will Disley, uh, Greg Olson, and uh, Jacob Hollister. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you pair a guy like Jamal Adams with Quandre Diggs at safety. Shaquille Griffin, potentially Quentin Dunbar, we don't know, uh, and Trey Flowers, I think you're going to be just fine in the secondary. Moving on. Defensive line, obviously, that's something that people have been upset about. While Jamal, uh, pardon me, not Jamal Adams. While Jadavian Clowney remains unsigned, uh, you know, familiar faces have been brought in, such as Bruce Irvin and Benson Mayoa which, you know, they bring NFL experience and combine for 15 and a half sacks uh, in the year of 2019. Rasheem Green, uh, defensive end, playing in his third campaign now. You know, it's a personal favorite of mine. It's great rushing his growth last year. Uh, he pressured the quarterback while only playing 51% of snaps on the defensive end. So you give him a bigger role. I feel like the Rasheem Green could have a breakout year this year, especially, you know, with pardon me, Could should be a leader on defense this year, uh, considering that you don't have Clowney at the moment and you lose guys like Quentin Jefferson and Brandon Jackson was released yesterday. So Daryl Taylor is a name to watch, obviously on the defensive end, guy that we drafted out of Tennessee. Uh, he led, pardon me, I was, this game's still going on and we're down five to three, so Taylor was a guy out of the, uh, Tennessee. He led the volunteers in sacks his last two years. LJ Collier, obviously, who he drafted last year, has stated that he is determined to have a, a bounce back year this year. Uh, so, you know, he struggled, you know, with being a healthy cut and, you know, not performing, but he seems to be in line for redemption. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's too early to give up on him. As well as Alton Robinson. Uh, draft pick out of Syracuse had 10 sacks in 2018. There's a lot of raw talent at the defensive end, defensive line, pardon me. And while I get that it's upsetting that, you know, haven't brought in help for it while having the 32nd ranked uh, defensive line in the league, I get that it's upsetting, but at the same time, there's been help brought in and we haven't seen it yet. And I know that I'm not going to say that it's going to be greatly improved, it's 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 too early to go and you know throw out the entire go and throw it out already. Clowney remains unsigned. The team has made cuts uh, to get down to the eighty uh, the number of eighty players allowed on the pandemic roster. 
uh, initially I thought perhaps that this might be a a move to go out and get Clowney, but you know at the end it's it's kind of a wait and see with him. Obviously throughout this entire thing, so you know not going to stress on it too much. There's still moves to be made, and we're not at the season yet. So I'm not going to sit here and complain about the defensive line. You've got you've got a great linebacking core, and Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. You know, you still got Ben Burkirvan there. Oh shoot, Jordan Brooks brought in. You know, it's there's Cody Barton. There's there's a lot of talent. The linebacker spot at the second level, and then the secondary. We already just talked about the secondary. So you know, there will be moves made on the defensive line. Just you know, calm down a little bit. Michael Bennett retired. Wanted to touch on that. Uh, former Seahawks defensive end was a huge part of the Super Bowl teams. Obviously. Uh, he announced his retirement in his last season, last year. He played for New England till October until he was acquired by Dallas. He signed with Seattle as a undrafted free agent in 2009, uh, was released, spent three years in Tampa Bay, and then returned to Seattle in 2013 for five years. Uh, I mean, Bennett was one of the greatest defensive ends we had on this team. Very disruptive. I mean, the guy was great. The guy was great uh, on the field and off the field, standing up for what he believed in, you know, being really vocal about social justice. Uh, and it, it seems like he's going to have more of a career in that as he enters retirement from the league. He's always used his platform really well and just he's never been shy about what he believed in. And, you know, Bennett's a guy that he did have his uh, his his uh, penalty problems while he was on the team with us. It's uh, he's he's a great guy. Um, him and his brother do a lot to for social justice and their leaders in that field. You know, even before uh, recent events. Um, so it's it's exciting to see what Bennett will do off the field. I, I remember a story from my father. Uh, my dad was at the uh, one of the Seahawks team shops, team stores, and they had the. Pardon me. They had the 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 color rush uh, posters with the schedules on them. And it was in recent light of Bennett, not, uh, not standing for the flag. And a woman was in line before my father. And she said she didn't, she, she very vocally uh, insisted on not getting a Michael Bennett poster. And my father went and said, you know, he'd get one. It's just, it's just interesting how there's such, such backlash when people, are fighting for equality in this country. That's all people want is equality. Uh, and there's such backlash on it. It doesn't, it doesn't quite frankly make sense to me on this channel, on this podcast and throughout my life, black lives matter. That's all I'll say about it. I'm not the one to sit here and talk about it because it's not directly, you know, I'm not one to speak from experience about it. I'll leave those, to my friends, my black friends, my African-American friends, I'll let them speak about it. And I'll amplify those voices as I have through social media and through donations and through reposting and through speaking on it. I don't want to put my voice out there too much because I shouldn't be the one talking. We should be listening. I've seen so much. It's, it's disgusting to see the, the hatred and the ignorance in the comment sections of these sports pages that we follow talking about don't bring politics into this 
you know, some of these top players in the leagues and some of the players that these people like, they're black. At the end of the day, they're fighting for equality. And I don't mean to get in too much of a, you know, get too pissed off, but it's it's just incredibly frustrating because my idols throughout my life have basically all been black. Marshawn Lynch, LeBron James, you know, Kendrick Lamar. These guys, all those three actually, have all been great in using their platform. And just to see the hatred and the ignorance, it's it's incredibly frustrating. So I just want to put that out there, that Black Lives Matter. You know, you see people quickly go, oh, the riots and the looting. You have to realize that the real protests, the real protesters are not doing that. Don't let those people belittle the movement. We're in an incredibly polarizing time right now. This is a huge moment in the history of the United States. Please help fight for equality. You know, through petitions, through donations, through protests, or even just having conversations with those who might not understand. Thank you. I will, uh, that's all I'll say about it. Black Lives Matter. I mean, I believe that, and I hope that I can help uh, in every way that I can. So I apologize for not saying anything earlier. I'd kind of taken a setback from the podcast um, during the pandemic and during as the movement's gone on. Uh, I've just kind of I haven't really taken it to the podcast. I've, I've I've done it on social media and I've tried to do what I can. I've asked my friends about it, what I can do. So, you know, have these conversations. They might be difficult to have, but they need to be. They need to occur. Okay. Um, that's all I'll say about it. I have spoken. All right, heading into Mariners news. While we're currently losing three to seven in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Jesus. Um, obviously, you know, going into the season, as I have to reiterate, the team is not going to necessarily aim for the playoffs. This is a year that, uh, as Jerry DePoto said, kind of to let the kids play. You know, Kyle Lewis, Shed Long, uh, Evan White, who actually hit his first home run earlier today uh, in the game. Uh, Jared Kalnick's down in the Tacoma taxi squad, quote-unquote, where they're playing uh, – Inner inner squad games, which is interesting because the Tacoma inner squad games they don't have enough uh, position players, so they're having some of the coaches play, which is kind of unique. Uh, but one guy that, as I've if if you know me or if you know the Mariners at all, uh, Kyle Lewis has been a guy that I've kind of followed since he's been drafted. You know, being drafted uh, out of Mercer, uh, having the knee injuries, struggling with that. You know, uh, the guy's 6'4". He's 25 years old. He's currently starting at center field. Uh, he had the impressive start uh, in the last uh, end of the season there. You know, it was interesting to see, you know, what's he going to do now? And it, it was interesting because I don't know if I mentioned it in the prior episode, but I, I uh, before one of the games, as you know, I work 
at the stadium before one of the games. I went and had a jersey customized, Lewis 30. He obviously changed his number to uh, one now, which is, you know, a little iffy. Not well iffy. It's a little irk. It made me a little annoyed, but, you know, I can say I have the original number. Uh, and then I was later on, when I went to a game as a fan because I had the night off, I uh, I was on TV because I had one of the first, probably the first uh, jersey with the number made, uh, and they caught me on TV, you know. Anyway, drafted 11th in the first round in the 2016 draft out of Mercer University, has the knee issues, and then this year had a really good uh, summer camp, which was the camp that the Mariners had uh, at T-Bowman Park due to the pandemic. In uh, this first two games this year, first two official games on opening weekend, had home runs. Uh, and he was having, even throughout the uh, summer camp, hitting through all fields, power to all fields, uh, and he's still learning, you know. Uh, so I, I really wanted to highlight him because personally, I'm rooting for him, and I, I think he can he can be a great piece for this team going forward. Opening weekend recap. Uh, opening day lost to the Astros eight to two on Friday, seven to two on Saturday, and then uh, they won seven to five yesterday on Sunday, and they're currently losing 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 uh, three to seven uh, in the bottom of the fifth. Obviously an issue uh, that's been highlighted and has been sort of kind of addressed in the drafts uh, in recent years is the bullpen. Uh, and what I mean by in the drafts is uh, getting a drafting a guy like George Kirby. Uh, and then this year drafting a guy like Emerson Hancock out of Georgia. Uh, so, you know, helps on the way currently. I think your best guys obviously would be Marco Gonzalez, Taiwan Walker, uh, and Yusei Kikuchi. But they've struggled. Uh, they've those three have had good starts to their games, but then you know when relievers come in and help comes in, it, it that's where it kind of falls apart. Uh, another guy that I wanted to highlight for our Mariners, Evan White. Like I said uh, earlier in the game, he had his first home run. Uh, he's starting at first base at age twenty-four, and the big thing about him is he has not faced Triple A competition. They brought him up straight from Double A, so you know what does that say about what they think about him? Uh, starting out at first base, he had kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, but that's you know, you're playing against guys like Verlander, uh, who might be out for the season. He that report came out that he'd be out the season, and then later in that day, he refuted the claim and said that it was a forearm strain that, with uh, pardon me, with rest, that he should be healed. Uh, we'll see about that. But uh, he, he had his first hit in his first game. And then later on today, had his first home run. So that's pretty uh, – it's it's cool to see – the. it really is cool to see the growth of these guys uh, going forward and to watch as this season – this 60-game season takes place. Next games for our Mariners are going to be uh, Monday, obviously today. This episode is going to be dropped on Tuesday, though. They play Houston uh, today. But uh, Tuesday through Thursday play at the Anaheim Angels. And then Friday through Monday, which is the – Home, the first time they're going to be home in T-Mobile Park will be against Oakland. So uh, just to reiterate from the end of the last segment, the Seahawks, the, the Mariners have been a big part of this. And from what I've read, I don't, from what I've read from Braden Bishop, this, the Mariners have the most black slash African-American players on the team. 
the team posted a picture with all of those players wearing Black Lives Matter shirt shirts, and just to see the hatred and the ignorance in the comments is frustrating. So, you know, I'll again reiterate it that Black Lives Matter, you know, it, it, the sorry, it's just it's just frustrating to see the the hatred and ignorance of these people, and I just hope that you know they 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 have these conversations that somebody's going to have these conversations with these people uh, to help educate. So the Mariners, I feel like they've done a good job of really stepping up with that. And, um, you know, it's, I'm proud of my teams. That's all I'll say. All right. On this hottest day, currently in the summer in Seattle here, Jesus, pardon me. It's hot. Um, Turn to our Seattle Sounders here, or who are currently in the MLS's back tournament. They play tonight um, at 8 p.m. versus LAFC, actually. But just to recap, their time in the tournament, they had a 0-0 draw versus San Jose uh, with both keepers Stefan Fry and Daniel Vega compa- <laughs> combining for 14 saves. That was the their first game. They suffered a 2-1 loss versus Chicago with Mauricio Panadia. Pineda, pardon me, having a brace for Chicago and a 3-0 win versus the Vancouver Whitecaps with Nico Ladero, Jordan Morris, and Raul Ruiz Diaz all scoring there. And obviously now their next game against LAFC in the knockout round. Uh, it's going to be a big one considering, you know, rematch against the team that they played in the Western Conference Final. Uh, they've been given a 7% chance to make the MLS's back tournament final which is just interesting considering that the team is coming off a mls cup victory uh and has been in the playoffs every year it's sorry i just find it hard to hard to believe that they give a team like that odds uh so bad uh i mean the team it was interesting the commentators were exactly right uh, the team always seems to have a slow start, but then sort of crank things up as the season goes on. Kind of like the Seahawks. Um, ooh, sorry, Tim Lopes just hit a double uh, off the wall, losing three eight now. Uh, so that's kind of how I see it. I don't know if you'd want to bet against these these Sounders, uh, but we'll see. Obviously, going into tonight, just take it one game at a time. Don't want to look ahead. Uh, a couple rumors, defender uh, Xavier Ariega, pardon me if I get the names wrong with some of these guys, I am not the best with names, uh, is likely to play Monday. Uh, defender Ymir Gomez Andrade is doubtful to play, uh, and Jopalo is getting closer to a return, but is doubtful for Monday's game versus LA. The MLS, kind of to touch on sort of how things are going with the pandemic, the MLS has not found a newly confirmed case, uh, positive case in recent weeks. So, you know, they they seem to be doing a pretty good job uh, with how they're doing it. Uh, obviously, not obviously, pardon me. I didn't, I failed to mention earlier in the Mariners part that the uh, Miami Marlins have several cases uh, of the COVID-19 virus, uh, and that might cause issues for the MLB return. But the NBA the WNBA and the MLS uh, all in their bubble in Orlando or well, Florida, pardon me, uh, seem to be taking care of things well. So it'll just be interesting to see what happens with the MLB going forward. Uh, 
and as we continue to get zero cases out of the WNBA, the NBA, and the MLS. As I mentioned before, uh, in the last segment and kind of in the segment before, our Seattle Storm uh, are in their bubble, and they had their season opener out on Sunday versus the New York Liberty, winning by a score of 87-71. to 71. Brianna Stewart, uh, in a return, performed well, 18 points, 8 boards. Uh, Joel Lloyd had 14, Sue Bird with 11. The team forced uh, the Liberty to have 20 turnovers, and they held number one prick, pick, not prick, pardon me, Sabrina Ionescu to four of 17 shooting, as well as 0 for 8 from the three-point line. Uh, Coach Dan Hughes is not with the team in the bubble, as he is a high-risk uh, person uh, regarding the virus. So assistant coach Gary Kloppenberg will assist uh, with the help of former WNBA player Noel Quinn, as well as assistant coach Ryan Webb. Pardon me. P- uh, prior to that start of the opener, uh, members from both teams of the Liberty and the Storm. Uh, did I say Storm earlier? Pardon me. Uh, left uh, prior to the start of the uh, anthem. And then after the anthem took place, the teams returned and spoke about the Say Her Name campaign for Breonna Taylor, uh, as well as took a 26-second remembrance uh, for her. And all of the teams, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's all of the teams, but all of the players uh, in that game had Breonna Taylor's name on the back of her uh, their jersey. Uh, and it's it's really important because it was interesting. A tweet from Torrey Smith, former uh, NFL receiver uh, for the Ravens and the Eagles and the Panthers, said that the WNBA has done a really good job throughout you know throughout their existence and bringing social justice issues of light and oh boy is that gone oh it's not pardon me marriage game salon uh they've done a really good job of bringing social justice issues to life and they've been a real leader in uh you know taking a stand and and that's something that you know the wnba should be commended for um so you know that's what i'll say about that the next game that the storm will play will be on tuesday uh, at 7 p.m. versus the Minnesota Lynx. Next up, and probably highly anticipated, our new NHL team, the Seattle Kraken, obviously got their name, Seattle Kraken. Um, and just a little backstory, uh, just because there isn't too much news on it outside of the naming, uh, so I will take you into the naming process. The team that was tasked on creating the name, or creating or setting the name, rather, looked at over 1,200 choices, and did real exploration, quote-unquote, on only 100 of those choices. The franchise settled on five finalists, and those five finalists uh, were sealed and put into a time capsule to be revealed at the Space Needle's uh, 100th anniversary in the year 2062. The team did consider Seattle Metropolitans, as some people did want, uh, but that was a conflict, conflict, conflict with the league, due to the fact that there's a metropolitan division. So the team, the league didn't really feel like changing the name of a division just for a new team, uh, you know, which makes sense. The team was taken. Oh, pardon me. Uh, in merchandise news, the team has taken 100% of its net proceeds and will continue to do so from sales at release the Kraken store.com. If you want to go get some release the Kraken merch, uh, to local nonprofits such as Youth Corps, the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle, and Community Passageways. Uh, 
The team is working on a mascot, but you know, with the creation of the league, the name, uh, mascot's a whole different thing to work on. So that's still, you know, being developed. Uh, the new arena name, Climate Pledge Arena, obviously something that I missed while I was, you know, quarantined technically, uh, is aiming to be the first arena in the world, not just the country, the world, to earn net zero carbon certification. Uh, the cost of the renovations for a former key arena, now net pledge, I mean Climate Pledge Arena, will be more than $900 million, seating uh, 18100 and the venue is expected to host about 200 events each year, which should add more, hopefully, when we get our NBA team back. Um, and the redeveloped Northgate uh, new practice facility uh, is expe- estimated to be ready for that 2021 fall when the team will prepare to open up the season. Uh, and the light rail station that will be going out to Northgate should be set for that uh, uh, date as well. And wrapping up this episode, on the tail end of things, we have the University of Washington Athletics. There's only really news on two athletics uh, teams, which would be the football team and the men's basketball team. Outside of that, there hasn't been really too much development other than fall sports are kind of being pushed into spring. The University of Washington is reducing its overall athletic department's uh, operating budget by 15%, uh, as well as all of the head coaches uh, around the the athletics have agreed to take a minimum 5% pay reduction. Uh, In football, the Pac-12 has a plan to play a 10-game conference-only football schedule, which would start on September 19th. The Pac-12 championship game would be scheduled for December 4th. The final details are still being hammered out and should be released this week. Uh, in recruiting news, four-star tight end Brock Bayers was impressed by his visit to the University of Washington, uh, You know, which could be good news as the recruiting class was estimated to take four tight ends uh, in, I mean, pardon me, three tight ends and ended up taking two, so Bayers could be a good addition. As well as uh, four-star tight end Jack Yeri, formerly signed to the USC Trojans, could be an addition uh, to the University of Washington recruiting class after his release of letter to an, of intent and after he posted a picture in a University of Washington uniform from his visit uh, recently. He has some uh, academic hurdles to overcome, but he should be all slated to re- uh, come to the University of Washington a little bit later in the fall here. Recent commits, recent, some of the recent commits that I want to shout out, uh, mainly because there's one that I personally went to high school with, uh, would include four-star O'Day offensive lineman Owen Prentice. Congratulations, Owen. That was uh, kind of a big signing just because uh, Owen's been a standout on offense and defense. And, you know, to see him commit to UW and stay home, it's uh, it's pretty nice just to see that O'Day to UW lineage. Uh, other uh, four-star recruits include four-star athlete Will Latu and four-star wide receiver Jabez Tanay. In men's basketball news, uh, a game originally scheduled in Shanghai uh, in November versus the University of Tulane was canceled uh, just due to the pandemic. And at the moment, that's kind of all that's going on in regards to UW athletics uh, in the pandemic, other than the fact that fall sports have been moved to spring. Uh, That's about it. Obviously, there's a lot going on. We're still in a pandemic. Wear your damn mask, please. Uh, and the Black Lives Matter movement is still going on. So there's a lot going on. Please don't 
you know, let the return of sports just kind of dull those things out. While it's great that, you know, sports are back, those platforms, those, I mean, pardon me, those athletes are using their platforms to, you know, bring light back to those things uh, and incorporate that into the game, which I think is great. Uh, but I know I've been gone for a while. I do apologize for that. I think I've been gone since April uh, and we're in July now, end of July, about to be in August. So, you know, I will be back. I do plan on returning and having an episode out every Saturday, taking in news just because there's a lot going on with the return of sports. Um, so there will be more. I do have things in the works. I do have a YouTube channel in the works that I will be posting the Taylor Rap introduction on, and I will link that. Uh, but yeah, I do have plans for a giveaway here soon, just because I have a couple things that uh, I'd want to give out. So if you've made it to this part, I want to thank you. I know that a lot of people kind of start these things uh, and don't listen to them out fully. So if you are reaching this part here, I do appreciate it. I think we're going to be at a little over 30 minutes. I thought that might be longer, but, you know, thankfully it's not. I don't want to take up too much of your time here, folks. Uh, so, you know, in, in conclusion, uh, wear your mask, please. Uh, stay home if you're sick. Socially distance. Try not to gather in large groups. Uh, try to fight for what's right and equality. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, and thank you for all that you've done. If you're on social medias, I have a Twitter uh, for the podcast, and I will link that in. Uh, and the Instagram as well. The Instagram is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast, and the Twitter should just be Circling Seattle Sports, uh, as well as the YouTube should be Circling Seattle Sports. Uh, but I will also just link those all just so that you, those are all in one place. So thank you. Uh, and I'm really excited to get back into doing this, you know, in a time like this where all the days seem to kind of lump together, it's good to have a, a sort of schedule to keep yourself going. So thank you. Uh, go Seahawks, go Mariners, go Sounders, go Storm, go Kraken, and go Huskies. Thank you.